we first met Edward at uh, Tahale. We like hooked up out there with Susan Chambers was searching around for a group that was really tackling human trafficking and specifically sex trafficking and making a difference locally and globally and, and found that Rescue Freedom was really hitting it on all cylinders. And we also have friends that are involved. The person who talked me into starting this church is uh, the COO of Rescue Freedom, Del. Del Chittum. Yeah. That's my yeah. dude. So he yeah. talked me into doing this thing right here. Thanks, Del. Yeah, thanks, Del. <laughs> and so uh, called Open Life. So we have some connections that go back, and we're pretty excited about hearing what Rescue Freedom is doing, uh, hearing about uh, really what we can do to be a part of it. And so we invited Edward to come. It's Justice July. Uh, I'll do the normal giving talk spiel right here before I hand it off, but that means in July, we're focusing uh, on giving 10% of everything given to Open Life uh, to justice of the oppressed. It's one of the six areas we focus on. We want to bring justice to the oppressed, and, and so specifically one of the organizations we do that through is Rescue Freedom. That's awesome. And so anything you give to Open Life, 10% of it goes to uh, Justice for the Oppressed during the course of July. Not only that, though, uh, you can designate giving to Rescue Freedom on your envelope or online and then uh, do campaigns, which he'll talk about. So without further ado, I'm pumped to hear from Edward again. We've heard from him at some different Rescue Freedom events, but it's all yours. Thanks, man. Enjoy, man. I'm excited for it. Good morning. Yeah, give him a good open life. Hey, welcome. Hey, come on. Um, Good morning. I'm so glad that you're here. Uh, I'm glad that you powered through car seats and heat and perhaps an early get up to watch the World Cup, but it is good that you are here. Uh, the Holy Spirit is here to lead and guide and govern and cover us, uh, and it's a real joy and a, and a privilege for, for me. Um, I wanted to commend Pastor Thad as well because, quite frankly, y'all, there are uh, easier causes and less complicated causes and less stressful and difficult topics to cover. And I realize that for most of you, we've just met, and so I haven't established credibility in your life or trust in your life or rapport in your life. And so my intention in talking this morning about sexual slavery, which is incredibly difficult to talk about, and pornography that drives the demand for trafficking all over the world is hard to talk about. But you can rest assured we're going to do so in a grace-covered way uh, and do so because the process of setting people free from slavery is a direct outcome driven by God setting us free through sending Jesus to rescue us from the slavery of our sin. So we believe that this work that we are doing at Rescue Freedom is very, very close to the heart of God. And so I feel really thankful for the opportunity to invite you um, into that. Um, so if I would have told you 10 years ago that I would be standing in front of so many beautiful people that came out to Open Life this morning to talk about sexual slavery and to talk about sexual brokenness, I would have told you that you were absolutely nuts. But God has a sense of humor. His ways are not our ways. And he rarely, if ever, calls the equipped. Instead, he equips those that he has called. 
And so over the last several years, I have become passionate about this work of abolition. And I would consider myself an abolitionist, which means I'm passionate about seeing captives set free. And this word abolitionist uh, typically will help us to, to think about and trigger ideas from slavery and kind of the Civil War era here in the States, but it's actually a very ancient term. And for those of you who have heard of Moses in the Bible, he was an abolitionist indeed, who God purposed to set God's people free from the reign of Pharaoh, which you may recall. And God showed up in very, very dramatic ways to help Moses along. Now, for me personally, Becoming an abolitionist who is passionate about seeing women and kids set free from slavery all over the world and all the really hard stuff that that means for them means for me that I am not as much fun as I used to be at parties. So Edward, hey, tell me about what it is that you do. It's like, oh man, have a seat because this is going to take a couple minutes, right? So I want to invite you to just trust the Holy Spirit and his covering as we talk about some difficult things and know and hang with me because we are going to land on the magnitude of hope that really drives us forward. Does that sound okay? Just kind of ease into a little bit of discomfort this morning. Um, there's a book uh, in the Bible called Galatians and it's a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the early church and in that letter he reminded early followers of Jesus that it is for freedom that Christ set us free. Freedom in our own life and then becoming agents for seeing freedom happen in the lives of others. And I really believe that when we think about all of those women and children who are trapped right now, as we gather here together, if we could hear collectively the lament and the crying out for help and rescue and restoration, the sound would be deafening to our ears. And for those of us who have put our trust in Jesus and chosen to follow him because of the freedom that he gives us in our own life, it's an invitation to be like catapulted out into the world to be about the freedom of others. So I don't know if it will be surprising for you to hear or not, that right now, we can click the next slide, there are almost 46 million people in slavery around the world right now. And where Rescue Freedom focuses on setting those free that are trapped in sexual slavery, and this number up here, 4.5 million, um, the uh, recent work that the International Labor Organization has done, and their job is to figure this number out for us, now estimate that that number is closer to 25 million. So it has increased really significantly. You can see um, that the number of dollars being driven globally is hard for me to even understand. I was a comm major, I went to Wazoo, so numbers are not my thing, but what I can tell you is that is a lot of money got some huskies in the house. They get what I'm saying. That is a lot of money, and that is a lot of people. And whenever I share this number about how many women and kids are trapped up, it's important, but I'm always fearful that we lose sight of the one, right? Like every single one caught in that number have 
10 fingers and 10 toes, first name, middle name, know how to laugh and cry and shout and whisper. And they are precious image bearers who are in a position now that we know God did not intend for them. So it's important for us to ask ourselves, okay, you got, you're telling me there's 20 million women and kids trapped in sexual slavery right now. How is that even possible? Unfortunately, when we think about women and kids who are trapped in this life, especially women, the voice of the dominant culture would suggest to us that they chose that life, they're probably making pretty good money, and they're there because they didn't get their stuff together. And I am here to tell you that the percentage of women for whom that narrative is true is frightfully small. We would say it's probably 1%. But the voice of the dominant culture would have us believe something very different because it keeps us operating in indifference or apathy. So the vast majority of women and kids who are trapped in this way right now are there because of a couple of very key factors. And the first is extreme poverty. So in places like Thailand, where Rescue Freedom has two safe homes and is doing tremendous work, we hear the same narrative over and over and over from young girls who grew up in very poor villages outside cities like Bangkok and cities like Pattaya. And because the poverty is so extreme, girls are often sent to the city to earn money, accommodating tourists that come to Bangkok to pay to exploit them. We met a girl in Thailand who told us that this was her experience. Um, she came from a family of four. Her parents were um, desperately poor, and their youngest um, had a life-threatening health issue, and they could not afford medication. So she was sent to Bangkok to earn money to send home, and on her first night discovered, as almost all of these young people do, that it was the worst thing ever. And she told us that she looked at herself in the mirror and said, I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't do this. And she said that she turned off her heart and turned on her head and said, I have to do this. Her little brother would not have survived. And she was experiencing exploitation in the bars for two years before our Rescue Freedom local partner rescued her and brought her home. And she was sending her parents like 25 bucks American a month. So extreme poverty and parental complicity for the purposes of survival are a couple of key factors that we see in play all over the world. Also, in places like India, where culturally women are valued so, so low, that they are oftentimes sold into slavery, into brothels there. And in the same way that we have kind of castes and classed systems here in the States, in India, for example, if you have spent time in a brothel, you are considered to be below the leprous. So women that have been exploited there actually wouldn't have a chance of even begging for money on the street. So we have four local partners in India that are seeking to rescue and restore those gals as well. It's not just an over-there issue, and for that reason, Rescue Freedom remains active locally. In King County, 
which is not that far, there's between 1,000 and 1,300 women and kids that are sold every night. That's a big number. These women and kids are not from Thailand. They're not from India. They're from places like Sumner and Olympia and Linwood and Seattle and Tacoma and Bellingham. They're typically refugees from the foster care system or homeless and street involved who have very rarely run to something but instead run from something. And the traffickers in our local community understand the kind of vulnerability that they are experiencing and they prey upon it. Our friends at the Seattle Police Department, um, you all know Westlake Center in Seattle, they put up the big carousel and the big tree in the winter, anybody? Nobody? Okay. So that's a relatively significant draw for homeless and street-involved young people, and Seattle PD has told us that if you are a homeless and street-involved young woman, you are approached by a trafficker within 72 hours of getting to the street. And rarely is it a forced abduction or a snatch and grab thing, but it is a long and committed process of coercion. These girls are not only vulnerable because they don't have strong families and don't have any money and may be struggling with addiction, they are most vulnerable because the world has tried to convince them that all they were created to be and do is exploitation. Um, I have four children. I've been married for almost two years. We've got a beautiful, blended family, hot mess, y'all, and it's fantastic. And my daughters are 19, 8, and 1. It's our first co-creation. We're very excited about it. And so because I've had the most time um, with our middle, when she was zero to five, and because our parenting plan is kind of awful, I was deeply committed. That's a whole other story. I was deeply committed to ensuring that I made good on every opportunity that I had to pour into her and to help her understand that she was treasured and valuable and loved and known and seen. And she's eight now. And right about six, maybe five, when I would try to seize one of these moments and I would put my finger on her fat little chin and I would say, I love you, baby. And she would say, I know, Dad. <laughs> Something deep and rich and formidable was happening in her heart. I want my daughters and my son to feel exhausted from hearing how loved they are. So the girls that experience exploitation have never heard any of that. And so when a trafficker comes along and tells them that they're beautiful, that they're going to care for them, that they're loved, and because they've already experienced so much sexual exploitation anyway, they just have to do this thing because they're going to make a bunch of money and get married and buy a house, to their desperately deprived and desolate ears, it can sound a little bit like love. Do you know what I'm saying? So we take the fight local as well because it's absolutely critical. I want you to hear really clearly um, that at its root, sex trafficking is a men's issue. Were, were it not for men who had been convinced by a number of different factors that it was okay to pay to exploit people in this way, there would be no trafficking issue around the world. 
And so it's important for us to talk about one of the key things that really drives it. And we're going to do it in a very careful way because I understand that this is something that have touched the lives of many. I understand that we have some young ears here, but it's incredibly important to acknowledge that all over the world, in all of the work that we have done, men who are choosing to exploit are different in almost every way except one. And that one is that they have been addicted to pornography. So we're gonna to touch on this briefly, just to help us understand how significant the issue is. You can click to the next. We're not gonna talk about the content so much, just the volume, okay? So these are some key stats here that are important for us to understand. Um, we also have figured out um, in research, because in their annual report, they give us this information. Actually, let me pause. We've already had some really important truths come out around how ridiculously and radically big God's grace and mercy is. And let me tell you all, it covers all of this as well. So if you or someone in your life or someone that you love or someone that you care about is in this fight, you can know and trust and celebrate that God's grace is sufficient. So this is not a word of condemnation. It's just an introduction of info that I believe you need to be freedom fighters. So check it out. On this one website, there were 4.6 billion hours watched. That's 524,000 years watched, which equates to 17,000 complete lifetimes. There was enough data downloaded from this one site to fill every single iPhone to capacity on the planet. So it is a significant amount. Um, it's estimated right now that the average age of exposure to this kind of content is around 11 years of age. So as parents, it's critically important for us to have meaningful dialogue to the best of our ability with our kiddos about this material to create a fight or flight response or for them to understand that it's really, really dangerous stuff. Young people, I want you to know that this is really, really dangerous stuff. And most kids don't know that. So know that. Here's the rub. What we've now begun to understand neurologically about how exposure to pornography rewires the brain is that it affects our pleasure centers in the same way that like alcohol or drugs might. Okay? That means two things are going to happen. One, it's going to become harder to quit. And two, it's going to increase our need for greater exposure. Okay? So what we know is that most buyers, whether they're in Thailand or Seattle or Linwood or wherever, have come to the end of their addiction to this kind of content and need to take other unhealthy steps to exploit to meet their physiological needs. And that's probably the most diplomatic way that I can say that. So at Rescue Freedom, while we're all about rescue and restoration and prevention and protection, this is a really big deal. Because if we don't get our arms around anti-pornography work, there are a lot of potential for a generation of exploiters to be reared up. So we're fighting on this one as well. All right, everybody, take a deep breath. I didn't hear him, just please. <sighs> You're like, dude, it's sunny outside, come on. So it is not, it is not the injustice that drives us, it is the magnitude of hope. And if I spent all my time worrying and grieving about all the exploitation that's happening and the pornography thing going crazy, I would be a miserable wretch. 
but I have been so inspired and encouraged and overwhelmed with the amount of transformation that we are seeing that I go about the business of my work with deep and abiding joy. So Rescue Freedom exists to empower the rescue and restoration of those in sexual slavery and to prevent exploitation, like before it even begins. And through our local partners all over the world, we have 20 local partners in 14 different countries, including the United States. We do just that. And we believe that every man and every woman and every child in slavery should be free. And so every single day, we fight against injustice and we amplify the voices and stories of those who need to be told. And one life at a time, we are ending slavery and we are setting people free. And we do this in a number of different ways. We work on rescuing and restoring, and this means going into brothels in partnership with local law enforcement and bringing girls and women out of that life. It means outreach in bars, building relationships and inviting women into new life. It means giving them education and medical care and vocational training and community and discipleship and relationships, all the things that increase the likelihood of them experiencing true freedom. In addition, We prevent exploitation before it begins by engaging with the most at-risk children on our planet and providing them alternatives so that the likelihood of them experiencing exploitation is significantly reduced. Long-term, safe home care, education, school, scholarships, anything and everything that we can do to keep them out of that life. We're educating churches like today and government officials on the role that they can play in helping to end slavery. And we're aiming to reduce demand as much as possible so that we can actually end slavery in our lifetime because we believe that we can do that. All right, we can click to the next here. Um, and this isn't just a problem for us to solve. When we think really critically about what, has, what God has done for us through Jesus, we can be reminded that he is about setting people free. And so we want to be about that business as well. So here's a few questions for you. Today, in light of what God has done, in what ways might he be calling you to be about the work of setting others free. And what might that step of faith be for you today? Click to the next if you would. Um, there is a lot of good news to share. Um, almost exactly a year ago, Dell, who's my boss, and Thad's friend, and his all-around amazing guy. Uh, we took a trip into the field, and we went to a place called Lucknow, India. And Lucknow is a place where uh, relatively young girls are sold into brothels, and the brothels there are small and mobile. And there was an NGO, or non-governmental organization, that was fighting slavery, and we had learned that they needed some help. So we wanted to visit them, because that's what Rescue Freedom does. We help. And knowing what I knew, 
about the kind of trauma uh, that survivors have experienced. I, I was nervous about this visit because I was going to be meeting girls who had lived this life for the very first time. Um, so I was a little hesitant and I was a little bit nervous. Um, and we stood outside the home and there was this giant blue iron door um, and it slowly rolled itself open. And instead of the sullen and scared and withdrawn and broken victims that I expected to see, we were welcomed by six survivors, even thrivers, who upon our walking through this big blue iron door were dancing and singing. And you know, like when you go to Hawaii and you get that floral lei, they had those, but like Lucknow India style, and it was beautiful. It was filled with hope. And I remember looking at Dell like, dude, this is, this is not what I expected. I expected these young women and girls to be wearing trauma all over their person. And Dell smiled at me knowingly like, isn't it amazing the transformation that can happen? And we were humbled and we were excited to learn more about them. And as we dug in, we, we discovered that um, they didn't just need a little help. Um, they, they needed a lot of help. And if they didn't get help, um, they might not be able to keep doing what they were doing. And if they didn't get help, the hundreds of girls outside that big blue iron door would not likely experience freedom. And we knew that if they did get some help, many, many more young women and girls would be dancing and singing in true freedom. So we came back to the States, brought them on as a partner, and in April, this April, which was exactly a year later, Del and I went back to Lucknow, stood outside the big blue iron door, rolled on back again, and this time we were greeted by 24 girls dancing and singing, and it was beautiful. And that's what we want to try to do over and over again all over the world so that more and more women and kids can experience true freedom because there's nothing like it. You can click to the next. So there's a lot of exciting things to share. Uh, in 2017, we had 761 rescues. In the first quarter of just this year, we've had 497, and 291 of those were children. Right now, we are averaging five rescues per day. We have 1,099 women and kids in full-time care. We're starting to see the needle move in really, really significant ways. Click to the next. So here's the thing, you guys. Um, you can be part of this story. And if anything this morning has, has stirred in you or got your attention, if you're an audible voice, I hear from God all the time person, and he's saying get involved, get involved. If you're feeling a little, a little dicey and a little something, get involved. Because if it's not you, it might not be others. 
And typically when it comes to this work, we make this unfortunate assumption that somebody else is going to go first, somebody else is going to give, somebody else is going to volunteer, someone else is going to do it. And most people don't. So I'm thankful for the privilege of being here in the midst of the Justice July focus. And I want you all to know that you can all play a role. You can follow us on social media. That's the easy one. You can do it today, right now. Instagram, Facebook keeps you totally up to date. But I also want to tell you about our Freedom Fighters campaign. Jaden, throw up on arm back there. Dude's running big time to raise funds for Rescue Freedom, and it is amazing. It's amazing. We've had people do all sorts of different things. We have a freedom fighter community that I am personally inviting you into today. Pastor Thad's gonna be talking about this for the month of July. We have seen kids do Xbox parties and have their friends donate 10 bucks to raise free money for freedom. We've had free throw contests. We have had bake sales. We have had putt-putt golf tournaments. We have had people simply say, I love to and I'm going to do that and raise money. You can have people over for dinner. You can do whatever it is that you like, all in the name of freedom. It doesn't have to be huge. It just has to be yours. On our website, and we can share this in some way, we've got everything that you need to throw up a picture on Facebook and organize the event. We have a platform that's super easy. How amazing would it be if each and every one of us put together a Freedom Fighter campaign during July to set women and kids free? That would be phenomenal. You are invited to do that today. Last one. You got the social media up there, great. All right, you guys, I'm so thankful to be here. I appreciate the privilege of creating space for God to move. I wanna urge you, after what's been dialogue on a pretty heavy topic, to do something really fun this afternoon, whatever that might be. And I wanna encourage you that in this lifetime, there are hundreds of trappings designed to convince us that this stuff isn't really all that important. And I wanna encourage you to fight through those trappings and for you to know that God has purposed you for such a time as this. And whether you are all about the freedom that God has provided in Jesus in your own life and that is your motivation to do this work, cling to it and be about it. When I was 18, my mom told me, and she was right, that every year that follows your 18th birthday goes faster than the one that goes before. So Edward, be about the business of purpose. And y'all, in my own life, and in the life of my children, and in the life of my family, I don't want us to ever live lives that are too small because the window is short. So you are encouraged, you are invited, you will be equipped, and my hope and my prayer is that the Lord has done something to stir in you today to move you to action. So pray with me if you would. Lord, thank you, thank you that you are a God who is rich in mercy, that you loved us so much that you sent Jesus into the world to rescue us from our sin and to bring us home to you. God, thank you that you have called us to respond to that freedom in our own life that you have called us to be about the business of setting others free. Lord, help us to do that.
Help us to be brave and courageous and creative. Lord, help our hearts to be about what your heart is about. Lord, we cannot do that on our own. So fill us with your Holy Spirit. Purpose us to be about your business. Lord, encourage us, comfort us, and be increasingly real to us this day and every day. And it's in your mighty name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for having me, y'all. Well, thank you very much. Let's hear it for Edward today. I told him to stay up here and so that I could talk with him and just just candidly and say thanks for sharing. And yeah, tough subject, right? Um, I remember being exposed to pornography as a young boy and and figuring out, you know, something that we thought was funny, looking at how much it caused damage in my life and my behaviors and the assumptions I would label on women. And and I remember having the thought after giving my life to Jesus when I was uh, 21, Uh, thinking of this pain and addiction that was in my life, figuring out, man, if everybody around could, could get involved in, like every man could become involved in freeing people from sex trafficking, I believe they would look at this industry differently, realizing this person's entrapped mm-hmm. in no way, shape, or form mm-hmm. is this enjoyment. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so getting involved in organizations such as Rescue Freedom or Triple X Church mm-hmm. or uh, Speak Up for the Poor, some of these different organizations around the world that are making an impact on uh, people who are being exploited. It's, it's incredible to just put this out and, yeah. and, and say this is not normal, this is not healthy, yeah. and we can make a difference in the world around us yeah. by involving ourselves in organizations yeah. like this. So you're climbing a mountain, right, for freedom? That's, that what that's, I, that's the word on the street. That's a yeah. rumor that yeah. I see. You're trying yeah. to raise $10,000. Yeah, so right? I decided that I needed to kind of get Get, get in the game a little bit. So yeah, I'm, I'm 42. Uh, when I walk down those stairs over there, my knees are going to crack a little bit. Hopefully you won't hear it in an audible way. I don't go to the gym. So this mountain climbing thing's a big deal, but the women and kids that are trapped out there are worth it. So yeah, man, I'm going to climb Mount Hood with a group of incredible guys at the end of July. My personal goal is to raise 10 grand. Um, we have actually a, a really generous friend who is matching dollar for dollar up to 100,000 for the whole kit and caboodle. So that's awesome. Uh, we're going to try to blow it out of the water. Can we give you $500 for that? Uh, yeah, man. Okay, we'll do that. That today. is, is that cool? fantastic. Is that awesome? Oh my gosh. So I love uh, it. That's five percent right there. That see, that became a thousand. That just all like these that. Guys just did. Thank yeah. you. That Absolutely. is amazing. Thank you. That would be you. fun to do. Um, and oh, then so for you, right yeah, you're just challenging <laughs> everybody to grab a campaign. Yeah. Um, so open life. If you're always wondering, like, what do I do next? Ne- we have a website called Next Steps. Openlife.church/slash/nextsteps, or it's on your app. Click Next Steps, and the Do What You Love to Fight What You Hate campaign is sitting right there as the first icon. Love it. You can click that link. It'll tell you everything about how to start a campaign. And we'll give you your first $100. So uh, for the first number of you, I think for sure the first eight of you are getting $100. But, uh, you know, go on there. Start a campaign of some sort. Like every kill you get on Fortnite, if your kids uh, did that, like you'd give (laughs) millions, billions of dollars for every hour played on Fortnite. Anyway, I'm just, maybe that's only in our house. But I'm just saying, there are some awesome opportunities out there. And so that giving envelope you have, not only will 10%, if you
if you drop an offering in today's bucket, go to Rescue Freedom and campaigns like this. But you can do something above and beyond to, to stir that. I love so that's it. our that's challenge. That's so generous. Can awesome. I pray one more time yeah, with you? Please. And Thanks, just brother. thank you for your work here and then we'll close today's service. So Lord, I thank you for what we're going to be able to give and contribute through campaigns at Open Life. And I thank you for our partnerships that we've been introduced to through different members of Open Life. Um, and specifically for Rescue Freedom today and the work they're doing as abolitionists in the modern day era and touching lives in multiple countries and multiple agencies that are ever increasing and hundreds uh, already this year, five a day. What a great thought to know when I wake up tomorrow, I'm gonna make a difference in five people's lives because I go to this church and because we're supporting Rescue Freedom and the different campaigns that are happening. And I pray for Edward's work. I pray for the work of Rescue Freedom that they will continue to see doors that open partner with the right agencies and have the right people coming to the table to invest themselves into making a difference globally, freeing people from this addictive behavior, this billions of dollars that are against them. But Lord, you are greater than all that. You transform us. You give us hope. Your word says such were some of you. Uh, you were redeemed through Jesus. We have an opportunity to follow you, put our hope in you, and be free from all that we've been exposed to and make a difference to bring that freedom to others. So thank you for this day and the impact we've been able to make in this industry and will continue to make every day after this. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, that's our, yeah. our, our day today at Open Life. Thank you for coming out. Uh, drop your giving envelopes, your connect card in the white bucket as you go today. But again, you're supporting incredible causes through Open Life and Rescue Freedom being one of those. Think of the challenge you can participate in and go online, jot it on the back of your connect card. However we can help facilitate, we will do so. That's our day today. Pretty simple day at Open Life. So uh, if you could stand, it'll make it easier to exit. Drop your completed Connect cards and giving envelopes. White bucket, if you're a guest, grab a Love Does book in the back and stop by the Rescue Freedom table. Edward will be back there if you want to ask any questions. Have a great day.